0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A reading from the prophecy of Zechariah, chapter 11. Then I took my staff called Favor and broke it, revoking the covenant I had made with all the nations. It was revoked on that day, and so the afflicted of the flock who were watching me knew it was the word of the Lord. I told them, If you think it best, give me my pay, but if not, keep it. So they paid me thirty pieces of silver. And the Lord said to me, Throw it to the potter, the handsome price at which they priced me. So I took the thirty pieces of silver and threw them into the house of the Lord to the potter. The Word of the Lord. Throughout the era of the Old Testament, God sent men to shepherd his people. As spiritual leaders, these shepherds were charged with guiding, protecting, and feeding God's flock with his holy word. The work of these Old Testament pastors was meant to reflect and foreshadow the saving work of the good shepherd, the Christ, who would draw all believers together as one flock, lay down his life for them, and take it up again for their salvation. Zechariah was one such shepherd. Born in exile, Zechariah was the son of Israelite parents who were carried off into captivity at the hands of the Babylonians. When the Lord called him to be a priest and prophet to the people of Judah, he was among the remnant who had returned to Jerusalem. At this time, although the people of God had returned to the promised land, their efforts to rebuild the temple had been at a standstill for over a decade. This was due partly to the opposition of their enemies, but mostly to the wickedness and growing indifference to the word of the Lord on their own part. So Zechariah was tasked with rebuking the people and calling them to return to the Lord in repentance. He held out God's promise that if they would turn again to the Lord, he would preserve and protect them in the future, just as he had in the past. You see, the Lord had not forgotten about them and their distress. In his faithfulness, he promised to send them a shepherd to seek the lost sheep and bring back the strayed, to bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, to gently guide them to the green pastures and still waters of his word, to restore their souls, to bless them with his favor and unite them as one flock, to gather them and establish a kingdom of peace to the very ends of the earth. But the unfaithful among the people did not value such a shepherd, nor the under-shepherds who shared in his work. They detested Zechariah. They rejected his message and no longer wanted him to guide them. How much did they value the shepherd's work? They gave him thirty pieces of silver, the price of a slave as severance pay. That was a slap in the face for all he did. With that, the people made it clear. Their hearts were hard and callous. They no longer loved their Lord. They no longer wanted a relationship. They had abandoned their Lord and his promises spoken by the prophets and chose the slaughter over salvation. So eventually, after much long-suffering patience, the Lord no longer had pity on them. He wanted them to value his love and faithfulness, but he didn't need it. Zachariah, likewise did not need the not-so-handsome price at which they priced him, the thirty pieces of silver. He even gave them the option to keep it, and eventually threw it into the house of the Lord to the potter, an emphatic way to signify the end to their relationship. Finally, the shepherd broke his staff called favor, that is, he withdrew his gracious offer. Since they no longer wanted him as their shepherd, they no longer would be his sheep. The relationship was annulled, and they would bear the consequences. He would remove his restraint upon the nations and allow them to be over or allow the nations to overrun his people, like the Romans would later do in seventy AD. And ultimately, since they rejected his gracious gift of forgiveness, they would be eternally condemned. This rejection of the Good Shepherd was epitomized in Judas Iscariot's betrayal of Jesus. It was Judas, the one who had invited Satan into his heart, who approached the chief priests with the deal. What are you willing to give me if I hand him over to you? So they counted out for him thirty silver coins. Later, when Jesus, Judas was filled with remorse but not repentance, he threw the pieces back into the temple and the chief priests used that blood money to buy the potter's field. Judas valued a paltry sum of money over Jesus. Are there times when you put an even smaller price on him? Do you trade Jesus for the acceptance of your peers? Do you trade Jesus for a few hours of entertainment or sleeping in? Do you sell Jesus in order to hoard the income that he allows you to earn instead of giving him a generous portion as an offering? Do you undervalue him when you spend all your effort and energy on entertainment instead of devotion, on play instead of prayer, on brashly taking instead of humbly receiving? Are the fleeting pleasures of this world that you favor over your gracious Lord worth more to you than the care of your shepherd? We truly deserve the punishment that came to the unfaithful of Israel. We deserve to have God annul the covenant he made with us, his bride. We deserve to be cut off from the flock, left for destruction at the hands of our enemies, and to perish eternally. Our value to God because of our sins should be nothing. But this is how much our Savior actually values you. He shed his holy, precious, and innocent blood to pay the price of your unfaithfulness. He took your place in death and destruction, suffering God's wrath against sin on the cross. He became the Lamb who was slaughtered to liberate you from such punishment and death. Yes, this salvation is a free gift through faith, but it came at a tremendous price, the priceless treasure of Jesus' lifeblood. That is how much God values you, dear sheep of the Good Shepherd. The life that Jesus laid down is yours through faith, for Jesus took it up again according to the will and command of his Father. As a result, you are holy and righteous in his sight. He knows you and loves you as his own. He calls you by name. He guides, protects, and feeds you through the word and supper. And through that same gospel, you recognize his voice and follow him ultimately to your heavenly home. Let us pray. O Lord Jesus Christ, you are the good shepherd who laid down your life for the sheep. Lead us now to the still waters of your life-giving word that we may abide in your Father's house forevermore. For you live and reign with him in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.